0: Welcome to Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. Hi, I'm Reverend Jeannie Kataoka,
1: And I'm Al Yankee. Join with us for a deep dive into the inspiration and meaning behind the music of New Thought, as important New Thought artists share the story of their creative process and their spiritual journey.
0: Real Conversations is a rare opportunity to take a look behind the curtain to discover the connections between the stories, the music, the artists, and you. So let's dive right in to Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. Hi, welcome to Real Conversations. I'm Jeannie Kataoka, and I'm here with my partner, Al Yankee, and we're and we're here to interview Stogood. First, a
1: short introduction for those who don't already know who Stogood is, who you ladies are. Based in Nashville, we have with us today two outstandingly multi talented New Thought divas, Stowe Daly and Karen Taylor Good. Combining forces, obviously, they are Stowe Good. So, a little bit about them. Stowe Daly is a singer songwriter, best selling author, and recent cancer survivor. She co wrote the hit song Long Time Coming for the group Shenandoah. Her album, Angel Chance was the soundtrack for Angel Stories on The Learning Channel. She's the co-author of five books, including Flying High, which was featured at the I Can Do It conference in Toronto. Good morning, Stowe. Good morning. It's good How are to you be here today. today. Excellent, excellent. And along with you is Karen Taylor Good. She's the Grammy-nominated songwriter of How Can I Help You Say Goodbye? and other radio hits by Patty Loveless, Al Jarreau, and Melissa Manchester. She's recorded albums and movie soundtracks with Willie Nelson, Al Green, and Dolly Parton. Her songs have been used for organizations including Child Help USA and the National Hospice Foundation. She's also the author of the book and accompanying CD, On Angel's Wings. Good morning, Karen.
2: Good morning.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So that we can tell you apart, as you pointed out earlier, Stowe, would you please recite the Gettysburg Address?
3: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's not, that's not fair. That's um, not
3: fair. But as, Karen
1: pointed, that. as Karen pointed out, you're the one with the more pronounced Southern accent. Is that
3: fair? Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Nice.
3: Well, to to get things started here a little bit,
1: (laughs) all right. All right. Um, Could I ask you two ladies to, for those who, uh, who are not as familiar with you to tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and how you came together?
2: Sure. So uh, this is Karen and I will start. So back in the early nineties, were you guys born then? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, So back in the early 90s, Stowe and I were each separately um, songwriters. We were staff writers for um, two different publishing companies in Nashville. So I was writing for Warner Chapel Music, and Stowe was down the street writing for BMG. And at the time, Stowe had a hit song on the radio with the group Shenandoah, and I had a hit song on the radio with Patti Lovelace. So our publishers put us together thinking, oh, surely these two ladies are going to write a big hit country song for Reba McIntyre or somebody (laughs) like that. Now, Stowe, did that happen?
3: (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Not to my recollection. We we got together, we had, um, it can only be described as hilarious. Uh, I think Karen had this idea for a, a song title and we wrote a song called, Honey, I Want Your Money. (laughs) <laughs> it was absolutely n- never recorded by anyone but us. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, a good time, but an interesting start to our relationship.
2: Right, and then you know we did a couple writers' nights together, and then literally we didn't see each other for the next sixteen years.
4: Whoa, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, until it wasn't
3: our time yet.
2: It wasn't until fate brought us uh, back together. I was actually doing uh, an opening set for the Judds at a, um, a fundraiser here in Nashville. And I was freaking out because I had just learned some troubling news it, The whole thing was a mess. I, I didn't want to be there. I was not appreciating all the egos that were on the stage you know and, and i'm not just talking about the judges themselves mainly it was you know their band and all the other musicians and everybody now i have never had an ego problem <laughs> <laughs> but still it was just i i i wanted to cry okay I will, uh, this is right after the engineer said karen i just have to tell you that this is a dinner show and people will be talking all during your set and so no one will hear you but i'll do the best that i can <laughs> That's when I wanted to cry and leave and all of a sudden in walks this person and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Stowe Daly," And it was and I'm going like, Oh, I know I haven't seen you in 16 years, but this is so terrible. This is about to happen. What am I going to do? And she grabbed my hand and she said, Come on, we're going to go say a prayer. And she takes me back into this back room and she says, she holds my hands, and she says the most beautiful, calming prayer and then I went up there, and I'm telling you, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, there is no way to explain that other than her marvelous prayer and her wonderful oh. connection. Um, okay, it was a good set, too, I will say. And
3: your and incredible talent.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, add all that together. And then all of a sudden, it was you know what? We need to get together again and possibly write something with a little more substance than, honey, I want your money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And we did. It was magic. Absolute magic. And I remember saying to her after we wrote our first song, I said, if we if we can get comfortable with one another, I just think there's like no end to the songs that we could write. And there was never an intention that we would become a duo. I don't know what our intention was, but um, we just went along for about a year and we just kept writing song after song. And it was so amazing. And uh, one day, my dear husband was talking to us and he suggests, he's the one who suggested, why don't you all become a duo? And it was like, wow, that's scary. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and exciting. It, and it so was. we did.
2: We did. Nice. And it really, it's become, um, she is very much a part of my family. My husband calls her wife number two. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, she's my sister from another Mr.
0: There you go. I've used that phrase about a friend. I love that. (laughs) Well, let's get into
1: some music. And I have to, I have to issue a disclaimer here right at the top. Uh, that an important consideration for the songs that I chose uh is that many of your songs, I mean you're a couple of lovely ladies, and many of your songs are written from that viewpoint. Only makes sense, mm-hmm. and maybe even for other women as the target audience. So, as the person here who's the most estrogen deficient, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to pass on all of those songs. I mean, Jeannie's far more qualified than I to talk about any of those. The good news for me is that you've got plenty of material to choose
0: from. Yes, and I will say it was really hard to choose. We chose. We chose one song from each album and then an extra and I you know I'd gone through the list and I was making little notes and I went I went this one and this one and this one and this one I'm like <laughs> no can't do that so uh it was really hard in fact I had, uh, sent an email to Al saying hard to choose
1: <laughs> as the subject line that's right
2: wow yeah. we can't we can't wait to, to see what you chose well yeah. I hope we surprised okay you. let's go <laughs>
1: so we're going to go more or less in chronological order so this is uh our first choice is from love lives on uh your album that came out i believe 2013 correct me if i'm mm-hmm. wrong um and the song that i chose is from here to there oh wow good. so let's give that a listen here we go Sto good from here to there
4: a chasm a giant gaping hole between all those happy people me and my wounded soul you know it don't seem right God It's just not fair So tell me now Tell me how To get from here To there They tell me Take it one day at a time They say I'll get past the pain Just change my thoughts And change my mind Well you know it sounds like heaven I'd love to go
1: that's a that's a beautiful song for anybody who's ever felt separated and on their own Uh, i do like in fact i love that it explores that emotional place of of separateness and aloneness without actually answering the question that it poses how do we get from that place of loneliness to something better can you tell us anything about this song
2: well i'm delighted that you chose it that's one thing, yeah. Stowe, do you remember how it came to be?
3: Well, I do. Um, we had been asked, so, so we, were, uh, we were a fairly new duo and we had done maybe one or two retreats and someone in Florida had asked us to facilitate a workshop on grief. And we looked at our personal, our, our Stowe Good catalog, which was small then, and we didn't have a lot of songs, or maybe any, on grief. All right. What I recall about this is that we had a timeline. <laughs> you know, we had a, a deadline, I should say. Yeah. And I don't, I don't play piano really, but I was noodling on piano, and and I know it got started like that. And then Karen was out of town, but as soon as she got home, you know, she jumped in there and fixed everything. <laughs> And um, I always like what you say about this song, Karen, because I know this was your intention um, that it it's not a it's not a quick fix kind of song. It's. You want to elaborate on that?
2: Well, I do love that there's no one of the things I think that is um, a trap for a lot of us new thought writers is that. A lot of us feel like, oh, well, if we're New Thought writers and our music is shared in some houses of worship, then everything has to be tra-la-la, La-la. it's all fine, it's all good. Uh, and indeed, I mean, come on, you know, life is difficult. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased that we wrote it from that space. I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics here, you know, they tell me life's a journey, take it one day at a time they say, I'll get past the pain, just change my thoughts and change my mind. A lot of times when you hear that and you're in the middle of this deep, dark place, it's like, you just want to say, shut up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I just need to, so yeah, we wanted to We wanted to give people a safe place to sit in this song and feel their feelings and feel the grief mm-hmm. that, and know that it's okay, you know? It yeah. does say, I know it won't be easy, it's gonna take a lot of prayer till I can say I found a way to get from here to there. So,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you, that's wonderful.
0: Yes. Uh, the song I picked from this album is Just Say Yes. And, <laughs> and, and I think I picked that because it, it yeah I thought as, as Karen was saying, it was just gonna be the usual, uh, you know, change your thinking, change your life kind of thing, but it wasn't. So can you talk to us about that? <laughs> You want to start,
2: Stowe?
3: I can't remember why we wrote this song.
2: <laughs> okay, I can't quite remember either, but I do know. Uh, I know that some of the um, inspiration for it came from way back when I wrote um, "How Can I Help You Say Goodbye." You remember that story, Stowe? Mm, yes. Yeah, and so, long story short, I had, and maybe a little longer. Uh, I had given up a very lucrative jingle singing career, half in Nashville, half in Chicago, because I kept going to um, to this New Thought church where they, they said, you know, follow your bliss and the money will come. And so my bliss was to be a songwriter. And so eventually I took that giant leap and and left that career because I'm go I'm gonna be in Nashville full time and I'm gonna be a songwriter. What I didn't realize was, how do you get a songwriter's attention in Nashville? Oh waiter. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I didn't realize that everybody in Nashville was a songwriter. So, anyhow, uh, I was very depressed. A year goes by, and I was this close to bankruptcy. And the alarm went off on Sunday morning and I was supposed to go to Center for Spiritual Living and hear Reverend Mitch, who's a fabulous speaker, but I just turned it off and I said, I'm not going. You know, this is all a bunch of crud and it doesn't work and it's stupid. <sighs> but I heard this little voice. What did the little voice say, Stowe?
4: Go to church. <laughs>
2: It did, And I put pillows over my head and I said, I'm not going. And then it got louder and it said, go to church. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'm Jewish. I shouldn't be going to church anyway. (laughs) I tried everything I could, but pretty soon I had no choice. I had to go to church and I wasn't happy about it. And there's Reverend Mitch giving this fabulous talk. And again, I just was mesmerized. And at the end he said, I want to challenge you. I wanna challenge everybody here. Will you take a pledge that for the next week, seven short days, you will say yes to life as often as you can. And I was into it and I raised my hand and I took the pledge. (laughs) And right after that, this woman came up to me and she said, Karen, you're a songwriter. Yes. Well, my friend is an actor from LA. He's a new songwriter and he's coming to town. Would you write with him? oh my and that little committee that lives up in my head went no 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 i don't want to write with this guy he doesn't he's not a real songwriter yet and he's an actor from la and he's probably got this huge ego no 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 but i had just taken the pledge (laughs) so i was bummed i was mad I said yes this guy comes over we end up writing my grammy-nominated song (laughs) how can i help you say goodbye uh, which was his title. And yeah, he was a nice guy. So anyway, I'm so sorry. I talked too much and I've had a lot of coffee, but I'm going gonna- <laughs> to show up really soon and let Stowe talk. But I do know, we thought that when we do our retreats, yeah, the part about being able to allow people to take that pledge and follow it for a week and see what magic happens, because it brought so much magic into my life. Isn't that why we wrote this song? Yes,
3: I, as you talked, I remembered that we were inspired by your story, and we had a retreat coming up, and I think it was maybe our very first retreat, mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted to have a, a song where we could have the audience stand up and say yes, and they did. It was so fun. Yeah. And well, how it got to be so slapstick. Well, that's <laughs> just
4: well, when you
1: do it when you do it live do you extend that gospel section where it's just say yes just say do you, do you let it go on and on so people can uh, no we
3: we, we follow we have the track from the record oh, okay
1: so you you're kind of nailed down then
0: yeah,
3: yeah.
0: and speaking of the record genie
1: maybe we should play it huh
0: yeah let's yeah. let's hear it let's hear what happens when karen says yes <laughs> so just say yes by stogood
4: Just so easy to say no First word I learned so long ago Just kind of rolls right off the tongue Yeah, it does It even sounds good
2: No sir, no thanks,
4: no way, Jose No, I'm too young or old for that (laughs) Hey, how come I got that Mm one? No, I'm too skinny or too fat Hey, and that one too But all these no's I get So I've heard I think I'll try A different
2: word What you gonna try? Oh gosh, let's see if it's not no <gasps> Just say yes Just say yes Just say yes
4: Just say yes Just say yes. Then again, this could be hard, and saying no, so avant-garde, it keeps me safe, and in the house, I get to stay here on my couch, I love my blue suede couch, okay. Activities to play. So doctor, help me if you please. I need a no act to me.
0: me laugh that's why we had to do it yeah it's so fun
2: it makes me laugh too
1: so one thing I, uh, that i that i couldn't help but notice and i noticed it immediately was the really high production values you guys have on your recordings you know mm-hmm. and i know you've heard a lot of other new thought artists and and uh, the the production values a lot of times i mean the talent is always there and the uh, consciousness is always there but the pr- production values not always there and, you know, that's just because uh, people might not have the resources, either the monetary resources or just the availability of talent. Have you guys always had that? As uh, You know, because I, have, I haven't gone back and listened to everything you guys have ever done. So forgive me for that. But
3: <laughs> yeah, everything, everything we've done was produced by a fabulous uh, player and producer named Brendan Harkin. And uh, Brendan put together... Um, some wonderful players for us and, you know, just kind of oversaw everything and, um, and, and, you know, and we, we, we have a lot of input into what happens too. So um, yeah, it was, it's been a very good uh, partnership. He has, he's actually moved now to Florida. So I I don't know what we'll do going forward, but um, it's been, it's been wonderful to have him produce. Well, long,
1: long distance, productions aren't that unusual
3: these days right right exactly um, i think he's out of the biz though oh
2: i did want to say one thing you talked about availability well i mean we live in Nashville, tennessee where yeah not only is a waiter a songwriter but there are fabulous players literally waiter is a guitar player too <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are such great players in this town it's scary mm-hmm. wonderfully scary so yeah we've been very lucky
3: If you have a dinner party, you know, uh, three out of four people are going to (laughs) be musicians or songwriters.
1: True. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Even, you know, because we're here in Southern California and we've got maybe the greater population and maybe even greater numbers, but they're spread out all over the, you know, out an hour drive or more from each other. And you guys have that wonderful concentration where you, like you say, you just walk down the street and everybody you bump into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Along with the great playing and engineering and all that that goes into your recordings, there's also some some wonderful arranging that goes on. And uh, we're going to move now to your next album, Uh, Beautiful No. Yes, it is. Beautiful Brokenness is the next album? Okay. Uh And the title track really has some gorgeous arrangements uh arranging going on in there as well as wonderful sentiment so let's just play that now and then we'll talk about it a little bit so this is still good beautiful brokenness mm-hmm. Within my soul, that's how the light gets in. Okay, where did that come from?
3: I was at that time that that song came about, I was uh, going through a divorce, which of course brings up m- many emotions and uh, it triggered um, a lot of self reflection. I went through, um I went to uh, what would you call that experiential therapy that I did, Karen? Is that what?
2: Yeah, it, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it brought up a lot of things in me and um, it's a very, it's a very personal song for me. Um,
2: but do you, do you remember the Leonard Cohen? Um,
3: yes. It, I'm, I'm sure it was inspired by the Leonard Cohen song.
2: They are a quote. I mean, he, I don't remember if it's a song or a quote, but he, he said that that's how the light like, gets in. Yes, and
3: also we had looked at um, the um, the broken vase. What do you call it?
2: Oh, kintsugi. Kintsugi. Yes. Yeah, kintsugi is a, a Japanese art form where um, instead of throwing away a piece of pottery that ends up with a crack in it, they fill that crack with gold. And then they put it on display because they say it's the brokenness that makes it more valuable and more beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I, I, if, I, if I may, there's uh, you know, I'm a I'm a woodwind player myself. Ah. And and <laughs> a lot of times these wooden instruments, if they are sub- subject to different kinds of climates and temperatures and things, they will split. Mm. And uh, at that point you can either throw it away or you can go through the trouble and expense of having that split repaired. Mm. And uh, one of my sort of mentors uh, said, you know, actually those instruments always play better after they're repaired because that stress has been relieved.
3: Oh, oh wow. Wow. So that's cool. what it
1: made me bring, uh, what brought that's to mind. So, wow.
3: just, yeah, that's
1: that. a, well, it's a beautiful song. And uh, and out of, uh, as they say, out of uh, great suffering comes great art. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. The the one I want to talk about next is my life as a prayer.
3: Hmm.
0: So good choice. <laughs> gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they were all been good choices. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did that come about?
3: Well, we were down in Florida at a um, were we at a pause? No, we were we were uh, part of an event, um, a ministers' conference as I remember. And um, Karen and I were there, uh, uh, I think we were on a lunch break. So we're sitting in the restaurant eating when Jim Rosemurgy, Reverend Jim Rosemurgy, comes up to our table and very sheepishly lays down a little uh, note in between us and says, I'm not a songwriter. I don't know anything about songs, but just thought this might be an idea for a song. And then he, and he leaves and we open it and we're like, "Whoa!" Oh! and we run upstairs and two hours later, I mean, we're just in the our hotel room crying as we wrote this song. And we, we cried all the way through playing it for Jim and his beautiful wife, Nancy.
2: They cried too. And it was, <laughs> it was-, it was- yes, we are very, um, we're so proud to call Jim a co-writer on this because in the in the Unity world, he's the. I think he is the most um, recognized writer uh, mm-hmm. of books, author of books. He's quite something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, you know, my life is a prayer that God is praying. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about it because I'll cry. Let's just. Okay. <laughs> okay. My life is a prayer. It's so good.
4: A prayer is not a plea A desperate call with tears that fall
0: tears are probably why I chose that I that happens a lot to me. That's a beautiful one. Thank you. Another
1: one off of a beautiful brokenness. Um, well, I'm gonna choose that but forgive me I'm going to digress for a moment, sure. because I don't get a chance to talk to uh, to really pro songwriters very often so I'm gonna uh, challenge you here just a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you what I know that you know, but it's for the audience. There's certain things that will definitely rule out a song ever getting much chance of airplay. That includes an overly long introduction, maybe taking your own sweet time about getting to the hook of the song (laughs) and maybe not having a catchy and repetitive chorus. You know, Mm -hmm. yet those are the features of many of your songs. Um,
4: (laughs) Wow. Now, as
1: songwriters with that have been commercially successful, you got a lot of a lot of credits to your name. How do you go about determining that balance between the message and the art of of the song on one side, and the commercial viability on the other?
2: Huh well, I will say one thing, which is. Well, I think I can speak for both of us. I know I can because at different times we each gave up that uh, spot of being a commercial songwriter in Nashville, and the reason was we didn't want to have to go in and be told today you must write a song about cheating and drinking <laughs> and, and uh, trucks and whatever you know, and we. We just wanted to be able to write, whatever, you know, and to write bigger thoughts and about life. And um, so, it is true we can't help it that each of us came up in the school of commercial songwriting. And so, I do think that is what makes our songs sound commercially viable. But the truth is, we have no desire. None to get it out to do the you know whatever it takes these days the tap dance which is to get it played on commercial whatever uh because been there done that right i i will
3: say you know and karen knows this part of the reason that i left the music business was because i just felt like i was in such a box you know it's you just You can't express yourself the way you would like to. And the joy of working with Karen and not being in the music business, just being in the music. That's, I mean, there's such freedom there. And yeah, I mean, like, would we like to have our songs cut and make a lot of money if that were possible? Sure, we would. But that's not why we do it. So, you know, if they want to have a long intro, they can (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you know it's like it's it's our music you know take it or leave it exactly well we're going to take it
1: and <laughs> great. and uh the, this next uh, song fits that description this is from again beautiful brokenness this is a song called enough it's oh. mm. so good Just beautiful, just beautiful.
3: Thank you.
2: Oh, Al, I am so glad you chose that song. Yeah, you know, when we wrote it, it did not have an overly long, gorgeous, um, instrumental intro. However, it was one of those times. We went in the studio, and this incredible keyboard guy named Jason Webb, um, and, you know, we just said, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, he, they all, all the musicians come in the room, in in the control room, and they hear the song for the first time. And then they get their chart, and then they go out and they play it. (laughs) That's the level of, that's that's all they know about the song. And we said to Jason, "Do, do you think you could, are you hearing anything that you could do maybe for an intro? Okay. And they pushed the record button and he took off and played that unscripted, uncharted. Oh, my God, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. And were we going to cut that down in any way? No. <laughs> like, this is meant to be.
3: Yeah. And then Karen just sang the, you know, she sang the feeling out of it.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. is that, a, is that a phrase? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is now. It is now.
1: Trying the hell out of it. You know, we, there's w- one other thing in there that I, that, that i want to point out that i don't know if it was in your thoughts or not maybe it was but i i i love you know it's 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 the it's the ending of the song um which um is uh perhaps the greater plan is knowing that i am enough Uh and i hear a double meaning in there I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you meant that, you know. I, I, but I love double meanings, you know, because what you it leaves. What,
2: what do you hear?
1: Well, I, I mean, there's, there's what I'll consider the, the, the plain on the face one that I am enough.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but, but on the recording you go I am and then there's quite a while, mm-hmm. and then you say enough which could be just a, pregnant pause, um or it could be. Perhaps the greater plan is knowing that I am, period. Ah, oh. mm. enough.
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love that.
3: It's beautiful.
2: It and is. I'm
1: not. Gonna, I'm not going to ask you to clarify it because that mm. that eliminates mm-hmm. the double meaning.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. Well, thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you.
2: <laughs> I want to. I want to say that uh, we were inspired to write this song by the Welsh poet David White, Mm. who has a poem by that name. And we called his people and got permission to use two lines of his from the poem. And which lines are they Stowe? These words are enough. These
3: words are are enough. This This breath is enough. enough. Mm. Yeah. I I love
2: that song. Oh, God, if anybody ever wants some gorgeous inspiration, um, Look up David White reading some of his own poetry because that Welsh accent and his words are, mm. yeah,
0: amazing. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Mm. Uh, moving on to your most recent album, Ordinary Life. Yes, I want to to say that it. My sense is, and this is it may not be true, but just the way your lyrics lay, it feels like it they they were easy to write. As I said, that may not be true, but I just love. I mean, I can almost anticipate what it's going to be, but that's not disappointing in the in the lyrics and the rhyme yeah. schemes, because I I feel like I'm participating in hmm. it. So oh,
2: that's
0: cool. Yeah. So the, the one I want to talk about, because again, it's kind of funny, and that's I lean towards <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, is holy money. Oh. And I, and that's another thing about your your lyrics is. Although they may not always be a story, they kind of take the listener on a journey. And and this one does that, starts out when we, you know, when we were in diapers, crawling on our knees. We were taught this stuff about money. And so I think it's it's I I love that. It's like, yeah, I was taught that, yeah, I was taught that too. (laughs) So let's let's take a listen to holy money.
2: to you know we get there are some as you know there are some um, wonderful talented ministers in this new thought world and I know we're speaking to one today Jeannie and uh but Reverend Dan Landis who is in Pennsylvania Harrisburg Harrisburg Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. he this was the title of a workshop he was giving holy money and Mm -hmm. he was driving us around Harrisburg and Stowe and I just went, Whoa, what a great idea for us. Yeah. yeah,
3: we ran home and wrote it.
2: We did. And then I just want to point out that um, it's my beautiful stepson, Tim Good who created this whole track because I think it's a, uh, you know, as a, there's, there's kind of two different, two different uh, ways of creating music, at least in our, on all these albums. And a lot of times we went into the studio with four or five other musicians and that happened. But now, especially now, and every once in a while, everything can happen with one person creating all these different sounds. And Stowe Mm -hmm. has gotten very good at doing that, actually. And this was Tim who who did that. So anyway, I'm a proud mama. (laughs) My stepson is the same age as my partner in rhyme, Stowe. <laughs> how weird is that?
3: <laughs> but you're not old enough to have birthed either one of us. So that's-, <laughs> that's
2: no. good. I, always say, I always say, so yes, I may be 11 years older than Stowe, but I will always and forever be 12 years younger than Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, may we all be as active and healthy as she appears as we no, approach we that age. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, on that holy money song, before we before we totally let it go, I'm just gonna admit right here that I still have some vestigial discomfort with that with that with that phrase. And it gets repeated in there and it really made made me have to look at that. You know, I went, Ooh. wow, you know. Um if 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 you know, for one, with all that is and, and and all those kinds of things, and you know, we're all it's it's all unity and all that. Money is part of that, but just the combination of putting holy with money, yeah, still Graded with me just a little bit.
2: Oh Al, love-
3: I'm with you, Al. I have, I have all kinds of you know bad programming. I I think it's bad programming from my youth, and it was it was a little bit of a challenge for me to write that song.
1: Yeah, when it's kind of primal like that, like you said, in diapers. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 some you gotta do some rooting to get that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Can I tell um can I tell a little personal aside real quick?
1: Of course. Sure.
2: So recently, a month ago, um, we were in Colorado and my friend Stowe ran up a giant boulder when we were on a, a hike out in the <laughs> up above aspen. And and then her trip down the boulder it wasn't quite as smooth and and she ended up tearing her acl painfully um she had to be rescued by the you know the the squad of guys that came in a mile uh but you'll love this guess what guess what the name of the guy that who was in charge of the ambulance company that came in to rescue her his name was gabriel So she was rescued by Angel Gabriel, but long story short, come back here and Stowe has, thank God she has insurance, she's not old enough like me to have the help of Medicare, um, but I said let's, can we please do a GoFundMe for you, and because Stowe has, how did you say that, vestigial, what did you say Al, vestigial, vestigial
1: discomfort, I think.
2: Discomfort. Is I love that phrase. Well, Stowe had some vestigial discomfort about accepting asking for help and accepting help in monetary form from the universe and people. And I, uh, would you like to take it from there, Stowe? What happened?
3: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It broke my heart <laughs> or yeah. it opened. Maybe it opened my heart how people responded. Um, it's it's still it's still a lot for me to take, but I can oh it makes me mm-hmm. cry. I can look at it as holy money because yeah. that's the way God works, you know, and yeah, mm. it can be holy,
2: yeah, so there
3: <laughs> so I'm gonna take
1: that and and try to do a segue here because one of the <laughs> things we have to do with that holy money is pass it on. ah. Yeah. See what I did there?
2: I love that. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of that too. You're yeah. good. Good, Al. So let's listen.
1: Let's, let's, let's give it a listen so everybody knows what we're talking about. This is so good. Pass it on.
4: Someone else's faith was strong
1: What a catchy song, you know, you talk about the the law of circulation there in a very attractive way, Mm. showing the individual both as a receiver and the giver of love in in all its forms, including money. Mm. Um, What a great sing-along anthem, perfect for, um, you know, services, of course, and conferences. I can see you guys doing that in all kinds of settings. Great, great work.
2: Thank you.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Where did that one come from? Well, um, uh, we had, we had a writing appointment. We don't often write with, um, uh, other writers. We're not, we're not against it. We just don't do it a lot, but we had, uh, met a young man or he had approached us after he saw us sing named Jackson Nance and he's very talented. You should look him up. And so, um,
2: 17 at the time,
3: 17. Yeah. Very, I mean, so talented. And so Jackson was coming over and, uh, Karen is, I I mean, I just, I love this um, characteristic about her is that she, I mean, she always wants to be prepared. So she had come up with the, I think it was a whole, or at least part of the first verse or something, Her, you know, she had, she had had it going on (laughs) So and then, and then Jackson showed up and um, it was, it was actually turned out to be a long birth process for this song though. It wasn't a no brainer. Right. We rewrote it a number of times.
2: Yeah, which doesn't always happen. But I'm glad you picked this one too. I, I often forget about this song. And maybe, you know, there's a little part of me that's like, it's the chorus, it was on purpose repetitive. Because what you said before, Alan, you know, I mean, that does make, it not only makes songs commercial, but it makes them easy for people to catch on to and be able to, to sing along. and. I know that a lot of our much of our stuff is not that easy to sing along with. Right. And maybe I maybe I was slightly ashamed of this that was so commercial. <laughs> 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 but I love it so much. And I love that it is easy to easy to grab onto and sing along with. Mm-hmm. And commercial. Okay, I said it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, we don't have we don't have a lot of songs where we repeat uh the, the same phrase over and over. Um we wrote one on our I, w- I would call this our first album, but but it's just me singing, but it's it's called Flying High. And that was all our very first songs. And we had a song on there called I Am Um You Are Not Alone. And it repeats a lot. So uh we challenge ourselves. Every once in a while we get a bug in our up our skirt that says, Write a song, write a song with repeating words so people can sing with you.
2: And w- because we said we don't often write with other people, it's true. But I'm wearing a shirt here, which you won't see because we're on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but it says, You Matter, which is one of the songs on our newest um, CD. And we wrote that with Karen Drucker,
0: mm-hmm. who
2: is, of course, it a came. very fabulous, well-known. And one of Karen Drucker's great skills is repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's the queen of chance, right? She yes, yes, here. she is. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think we've learned a lot from writing with Karen.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, she is the reason we're interviewing you because I was interviewing her for her uh, to do a review of her most recent album, and mm-hmm. we were. And, and I think there, I don't know. There's one of your songs that you collaborated with her on her album. I can't I remember now. Yeah. Problem. And I said, well, who are these people? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, uh-huh. you have to talk to them. You have to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we thank her and thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. So um, one of the things we've acknowledged that is true in New Thought is that we, we, we really try to overcome the little foibles and, 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 and the big challenges we have in life. And this one really helped me a lot. And um, I think we'll we'll listen to it first. Uh, this is Stogood, Tweezer Song.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
4: Before I put on my makeup, I tweeze a little hair or two without batting an eyelash. I pluck and I prune my mustache. I tweeze a little hair or two. Sharp. weird. Got that right? Guess
0: we'll live with a beard. So let's talk about how this came about. It <laughs> sure has nothing to do with personal experience. Nothing. Take it still. <laughs> I, I don't know.
3: This started just started for me probably like 15 years ago. And I used to sit stand in front of the mirror tweezing and, and I used to sing each morning I wake up. Um,
2: before I put on my you
3: know, before I put on my I tweet a little hair or two, but I never went any further with it. And so a few years ago, Karen and I were at a women's retreat. It was the start of the retreat, you know, there was great energy and uh, I don't know how how it came up, but we decided to ride it and spring it on the ladies. Oh, my God. I've never heard so much
0: laughing. It was, it was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this had to be one I chose because Al wasn't going to choose it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I did
0: you know, it. I was like, I was kind of sitting listening to, you know, doing this. <laughs> Which uh, for the audience, I'm rubbing my chin. <laughs>
2: I think one of the lovely things about being a songwriter is you can, you can write silly stuff like that that yet still makes you know, we did have some women who heard it the first time, and they were like looking around like, "Oh my God, you can talk about it." You know? Oh and you can sing about it. you can oh, yay, and look how many people also have this situation. Yay. yeah.
3: And, it's our only parody that I know of.
2: Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. I'm glad
0: we got that, yeah,
2: yeah, so gotcha. we always uh, thank and apologize greatly to uh <laughs> Bert Bara. <McRae. laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, but it made me think of my daughter, too, because she was sharing one time that her girlfriends have all made a pact that if any of them get in a situation like they're very ill and they can't do it themselves, that they'll do it for each other. And I I was like, oh, that's so wonderful. That generation, because we don't need to talk about it. (laughs) I don't know. Do this song.
2: I love Thank it, you.
3: <clears throat> That's why we put that in the song, too. That's right.
2: If you're bedridden, yeah. I'll help keep your yep. secrets hidden. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you guys have wonderful taste. Yes, we <laughs> do. from the superb to the ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, to, to wrap up, uh, were there any favorites that we missed? Is, is there oh, one gosh. that you could name? And can you hear that buzz, or is that my computer?
1: It's your <laughs> computer.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I
2: do hear it. Um. Well, I might, I would say on our newest uh, album, one of my favorites is the new, the new verse we ended up writing for a very well-known existing song that was written in the 1800s. And I'll just tell you that we were in Falmouth, Massachusetts, in between gigs. And we were practicing songs for an upcoming Lions Club uh, event, a big conference they were having. And we got a call from the guy and he said, Oh, to start the conference, we need you to to uh, sing a patriotic song, and Stowe and I looked at each other like, "Uh Mm uh-oh, we don't have any patriotic songs. I mean, they're going to be expecting to hear something that everybody knows and can sing along with, and there we were in Falmouth, and somehow we landed on America the Beautiful, and we were playing really fun, cool chords. I I can't remember ever spending like three or four hours just on this song that we love so much. just the first verse, because the rest of the verses are bizarre. I don't know if you guys know any of the additional verses uh, to America the Beautiful. Here's one. Oh, beautiful for pilgrim feet, whose stern impassioned stress, a thoroughfare of freedom beat across the wilderness. Huh? (laughs) So we weren't gonna do that, And you know, that was in the thick of the, not that our country is any less divided right now, but it was in the thick of the worst of the division. And we wrote the, um, we wrote a new second verse. And then after the fact, what did we find out, Stowe? What did we find out about Catherine Lee Bates?
3: Oh yeah, it was, um, well, we got, uh, after we had been playing with this song for hours, we were like, well, who wrote this song? So we looked up, and it was, I don't remember the man's name.
2: Samuel Ward. He wrote the music in 1883.
3: Mm -hmm. And then we uh, saw Catherine Lee Bates wrote the lyric. And um, guess where she was from? Falmouth, Mass.
2: Isn't that bizarre and wonderful? Right where we were. (laughs) Yes. We feel like Catherine was speaking to us.
3: She said, here's an updated.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that would be my pick. Is that all right with you, Sto?
3: Well, I also um, am very fond of Morning Prayer. As oh, the very centering song.
2: I love Morning Prayer, too. You guys will have to choose.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I think because it's uh, we're on the New Thought Media Network, and as a promo, you just did a great promo to get people to go buy your new CD. Uh-huh. So we we will play morning prayer after that great teaser for (laughs) the newly revised and edited America, the beautiful, the new thought version of America, the beautiful.
4: Yes.
3: Okay,
1: so here we are still good closing out the show with morning prayer.